What is up, you beautiful people? Welcome back to the Built on Bitcoin podcast. We're covering everything going on in the Stacks ecosystem, covering the apps and the founders. This week, I have Mel Onik on the show. Mel is a community lead and core contributor to Theopetra. And if you haven't seen what they've been building, they've been building a super engaged uh, community and team to rethink how the real estate in- industry functions with their main purpose is to tackle the affordable housing crisis. So, you know, I was just talking to Bowtied Fellow last week and he was saying, you know, we're getting forced out of housing and pushed into crypto. And it was a perfect, I just felt that when he said that because it's exactly how it feels. Like housing prices are astronomical and even with low interest rates, we just can't afford it. And so he's thinking about new ways to... Uh, attack that problem and Theopetra Labs is really just kind of a studio like a, a think tank on all ways that they can attack that and one of the first ways of doing it is utilizing proof of transfer to give you this nice perfect cycle that gets miners into the system and then you can buy up property and some of those cash flows will go back into the protocol and it, it's rinse and repeat. So the cash flows from those properties go in, you mine the token again, and that feeds into eventually buying the second property, third property, fourth property, etc. Super brief overview, but I promise you, once you start to see what they're working on, I think it's profound. The proof of transfer in all of its forms, from city coins to what Theopet is doing and models that are still to come, super big unlock. So... Yeah, I don't want to go too much into it without uh, letting Mel speak his piece for himself. So let's just jump right into the episode with Mel Onik from Theopetra. Welcome to Built on Bitcoin. Mel, how you doing today, my friend? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you coming on the pod. You guys have been making waves lately with, with what you guys are building over at Theopetra. So I was super excited to get you over and just explore, you know, the topic of what you guys are building and home ownership and all this stuff. But really, I'm, I want to spend a good chunk of time just learning about you. Because I think that the more I go down the rabbit hole of Mel Onik and, and following Twitter, the way you think is really interesting. And so, uh, First question, somewhat broad, but I'm just curious, what what fascinates you about real estate? Yeah, I mean, to me, when you look at it from like a asset point of view, right, it's on par with it's it's layer one of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. You know, it, it's the it's the absolute kind of base layer of what you need, and it's it's on par with oxygen, food, sleep, right? Like you you need to have a roof over your head, and I, I think what fascinates me is like. It's it's something that's just an absolute critical need, and it's something that you can actually monetize, right? You can't monetize off oxygen, you can't monetize off food or sleep, really. Uh, so it's the only one that you can just truly actually go in and, and actually own or borrow against or or anything like that. So that that was my biggest kind of um, aha moment with with real estate. And did you? What is your history of real estate? Do you own any? Did you did you sell it, or do you just kind of like? watching from afar and then you saw Theopetra and it just kind of like clicked and you started doing this, this thing. Like, 
how did you get your like kind of like hands dirty with with real estate? Yeah, so so I initially just kind of broke in, in into the real estate industry just as another guy just trying to make money, right? It was it was just kind of like a thing of I'm going to be a real estate agent out here in Orange County. I'm going to just make money. That was like my original kind of entry point. And as I started kind of working with it, I was like, man, I absolutely love this industry. There, there's so many components and facets to it. Um, and as I started kind of diving down the rabbit hole more and more and more, what kind of disappointed me in a way was it wasn't what I kind of thought it was, right? Where, where, when you hear real estate fund, real estate agents, a lot of other people think that it's, it's very complicated. It's very confusing. You're sitting there negotiating back and forth and all that. It's it's none of that at all. It's actually painfully simple. It's just a game of who do you know, how much can you fundraise, and and the game was just something that was completely different than what I thought, and that's kind of what made me go in. And I wanted to completely flip the old system on its head, where I'm like, hey, I'm going to experiment with this new solution or a new idea, and even if it doesn't work, at least I can pass the torch on to the next guy who can develop all my idea and kind of build it out further, right? Because I'm, I'm, I'm desperately kind of trying to figure out solutions to the real estate industry where it's just not using the same things that have been repeated for the last 100 years. And, you know, let, let's just try and experiment some really new crazy ideas and see where things go. That, that's that been my, my fascination. Okay. And it sounds like the current, the current model is that there's this term people say a lot of like rent seekers, where like people are just mm-hmm. kind of like they're, they're they're just taking for themselves and where the the value exchange is not symmetrical. Mm-hmm. Is that how you feel like the current industry is? Like for whatever reason, whether it's you know, this is really complicated and really hard or gatekeepers, that it's very rent seeker-ish. It leans that way. Absolutely. And I I I don't I don't mean to start it off the uh, the podcast like a negative food or anything like that, but if you if you actually look at it, it's the it's it's kind of a you know. Crypto gets criticized as a Ponzi pretty pretty often, but if you actually look at the real estate industry, it is quite literally a, a fund buying an apartment building. They're going to call their property manager, raise the rents, you know, essentially just paint the walls a different color, raise the rents, and sell it to the next guy for a few million dollars profit. And they're going to just keep exchanging hands, just keep doing that within each other. Um, it, it's one hundred percent a rent seeker situation, and. A lot of gatekeeping where they're where they're telling the middle class that hey, this is really confusing. You shouldn't get into this. This is don't 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 go into real estate. You could lose a lot of money. Where in reality, it is it is painfully simple. It, it's 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 very very easy. And um, I, I think what attracted me to crypto was a lot of the people in crypto. They're they're kind of trying to prove to the man of like this system is a lot better. And that's what essentially what I'm trying to bring kind of bring to crypto with the real estate mindset of. I think we could do real estate a lot better on chain. Like, like I think we could develop solutions that these guys who, who know nothing about blockchain that that we can just dominate them, but without actually having to rent seek as well, right? And that's that's my fascination in in a way as well. Very cool. It's and this is this is this is what I'm curious. Like, it's a reframing of how you're looking about the problem that you're doing. Where like most agents might go like okay, how do I get better leads or what marketing site do I use? And every agent's doing that. So yeah. you're all you're all kind of playing the same game and it's it it, it, it it becomes like a red ocean in a sense where everyone is feasting on a small amount of fish and everyone's trying to be that shark versus just flipping, flipping the question and, and asking from a different perspective changes the answer that you're getting completely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I, think, I think that's what the core essence of entrepreneurship is in a way, right? Where you go in and 
you're just like, you poke holes and things and you, you try to figure out how can you do this and you simplify it to the most extreme and you just do slight changes around it, you know, and that that's the entire thesis of what we're doing where, you know, we're, 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 we're changing the game in a way that's not so intrusive to the point where it doesn't make sense anymore. It still has, you know, it, the foundation is still there. It's just the parties involved. We're just ripping out the, the old parties and we're just replacing them with different actors, essentially. Got it. Okay. Um, this is more of a, a personal question for myself because I, I too want, if we all want to do good in the world, like how, how we do that. But the way you phrased it was like, you know, I, I got into real estate for the reasons everyone else does, you know, like I'm trying to be that hundred million dollar man and yep. have a couple of <laughs> dope houses and I got the BMW or whatever it is, you know, I got the X5 or the M3. And then it seems like there's a trend where a lot of people who hit success, they realize it doesn't, the thing they were chasing and thought it'd make them happy doesn't quite achieve that thing. And so once they get to the top of the hill, they're like, okay, this isn't everything I thought it was. And there's a book by David Brooks called The Second Mountain, where he says, like, you know, once you hit that thing, your second mountain is like how to live a good moral life, not just achieving success. And uh, I'm just curious if that rings true to you, because I'm still on the first mountain in a sense. And I'm there's always this like internal struggle where it's like, if I give too much, I'm sacrificing my my security in some sense. Once mm-hmm. you have a security, you, you, you can give from like a more selfless position. I'm just curious if that resonates or any thoughts on that. Absolutely, man. At one one hundred percent. Where when when I first started in in real estate, I was working as a security guard, and I was just like, how do I make? I remember the, the number exactly. It was twenty eight thousand eight hundred a year. That that was like my goal, and that that was like, I don't have to worry about rent anymore, right? And then once I hit that, then I was like, okay. Forty thousand a year means I can actually have a girlfriend and take her out to dinner, right? So it was like that was the next mountain, and then it was how do I get to 100, 150, 250, 400? And you, you keep hitting. And then at a, at a certain point, you you hit this kind of threshold of it doesn't do anything. You're just kind of just chasing the, the next number on your screen. And it, there's it's super cliche. And I know people listening, they're like, dude, there's no way I, I would be happy if I, you know, but in, in reality, when you're there, I, I'm telling you, you're going to feel like it was all a scam because you're like, I feel the same way I did, at, you know, from before. And to me, I was just like, how do I now go out and just build what I want to do and work with the people that I want to work with? And, you know, and what I tell everybody as well, it's like, by no means am I Mother Teresa or anything like that. Like the, the goal is to make, obviously always to make money, right? Like that, that's always a goal, but it's how, how do you create a fun, interesting dynamic to where it's not just how do I get my next deal or my next flip or my next whatever. You're just always kind of chasing that next, the next bump or the next high. It's like, how do we create something that's fun and exciting? while still accomplishing your own personal goals financially or whatever as well, you know? Mm-hmm. It's, man, it's one of those things where like, I hear it, I hear it 10,000 times. And it's like, I think Naval has something where he says like, I wish everyone could be rich. So you realize it's not what you're seeking. Mm-hmm. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. and, and embodied truth is different than like logical truth. And so you say what you just said, and I'm like, that makes sense. But I'm still going to go do my other bullshit because I haven't, it's not here yet. It's still here. So it's, it's, it's a frustrating truth of life that like, it just has to get beaten into you. And hopefully there's like that saying of like the wise person learns from the mistakes of others. Hopefully it can be that wise person, but it's, it's just difficult. It's so hard, man. And, and, and when I was, when I was um, building it up and, and I hit a point where I was starting to realize I was a little unhappy with just 
you know, financially, because I, I hit a point, where I was like, okay, I'm good now. Then I was like, why don't I try to go build a social media account? So I hopped on Twitter and I started giving away free TikTok info. And within like 12 weeks, I had like 250,000 followers and I, I steered them into YouTube. I gained like 17,000 there. And I was like, this shit sucks too. And I quit it completely cold turkey. I was just like, screw everything. And I, I just completely just left posting content and, and I just ghosted everything. I was just like, I, I don't even want to do the, the, the creator game either. So I, I went completely anon. And that's where I started building Thea Petra, completely anonymous, where I was like, I'm going to just build what I want. Anon, nobody's going to tell me what I can and can't say. And I'm going to just build what I want. And that was the first kind of beginning of, of Theo, you know, from, from there. So. Perfect. That might be a perfect segue. And I'm, I'm curious to attack this from a certain point of view, because when you look at blockchain, it's actually like three, four things combined that aren't new that combined together in a bundling is what makes them powerful. So you have like distributed networks. That's pretty old. You have, uh, cryptography that's pretty old and so like it's it's all these things that have been around for 20 30 40 years in computer science and people have been hacking at it tons of different ways but once you put it together in this new thing called bitcoin it creates this revolution that revolutionizes everything so what I'm, I'm curious what were some of those early pieces that when you were thinking through theopetra were like the the building blocks that once they clicked, you you built this Optimus Prime kind of thing of Theopetra, but what, what did it take to kind of like chunk it out? Yeah, so so I I went through and I was going through and and it really just kind of breaking down the system of how do we incorporate in a community together to make sure that we can all benefit from the same thing, right? Where right now the the system, like you said, is is very very rent seeker dominant, and after seeing and just kind of breaking on the projects for, for years now, I was like, okay, that's what that project did very well. That's what that project did very well. Um, the, the biggest dance that we were kind of doing within Theopetra is how do we build something legally that we can go in and still give the benefit to the community without actually, you know, tackling it and kind of diving into the securities laws, right? So when I started breaking down into, into Bitcoin and, and just Web3 in general, what fascinated me was the community is prioritized completely. And I, I thought that was such a fascinating concept. It was like, the, the more power that you give away, the, the better that you do. And it was just a really interesting kind of moment for me where I was like, I, I think this is going to have some really interesting consequences later. And this is something that I wanted to kind of build in and, and jump into. And even if we're super early, it's like, it doesn't matter. We're going to be here for 15 years anyway. Eventually the market will kind of catch up and, you know, become rational with us, you know? So, um, but yeah, I mean, just, just kind of seeing where the market's evolving and just kind of seeing how it's a community first mindset. I think that was my first kind of aha moment. And I, I know we could all agree where real estate needs to have that. Otherwise things will not change. And it, it was like, I, I couldn't apply anything more to the web three ethos than than real estate. And I was like, this is the moment that's kind of combined the, the two worlds together for me. And I, I waited for quite a long time. I, I thought somebody a lot smarter than me was going to build. I, you know, I just kind of, I was like, I'll just wait for someone to build with resources and I'll just kind of ape into that. And, you know, waiting around, waiting around, waiting around. It was just a lot of just firms using the term blockchain to just put real estate on chain, but they weren't doing anything. There was no culture. There was no you could tell they were just using the buzzwords, but they weren't doing anything interesting. And that, that's kind of where I wanted to, I'm like, hey, I'll step up to the bat, even if I fall on my face, like, 
let's try it, you know, and let's see where it goes. So, so that was kind of like my, my moment there. Okay. And man, I could definitely relate to like, you, you think someone smarter is going to do that thing or kind of fill that void. Like I got into crypto to become a developer. I was trying to like, you know, start a family, got to have a good career, develop seems like a good stable career. And now I have this podcast that's blowing up and doing well. And it just like the podcast smacked me in the face. Like I didn't think that was going to do that. It just happened to be that that was what's needed for me right now. And people are loving it. Uh, so I can totally relate, but I'm, I'm curious about the community part because the way that you guys built it up was super interesting. And, and you touched on it a little bit earlier where it's like you were doing the YouTube TikTok thing and then you kind of got burnt out and then you went anon and you were anon for a while and you, you were kind of like building in the shadows with Theo. And what I remember seeing is like you were doing these VIP lists. So you, you, you had this exclusivity thing. So good marketing tactic. And uh, it seemed like you were doing these one-on-one calls where like yeah. you were onboarding you were touching base with the community at a really real visceral level where they can like, you can get, I'm sure you can get customer feedback, like handle objections in real time. Were you the one behind the scenes handling all those calls uh, in the back end? Like, are you just doing like what we're doing right here, but just like, this is what we're trying to build. And are you interested? Like, are you just having a ton of one-on-ones? Yeah. So, so we were doing like group calls of like 10 to 40 people. And in the very beginning, it was like three people just listening. And I was like, Hey guys, this is what I'm thinking about building. Here's my experience. Here's what I'm building. Please tell me where I'm wrong because I don't want to look like a moron. <laughs> so in the very beginning, it was like, it, it was a little bit of an insecurity thing. Cause I was like, I, I don't want to look really stupid and I want to see how this works. But I just started bringing in the smartest people that I possibly could um, into, into Theo. And then the next thing you know, it was like, really talented people jumping in. They're like, Hey, this is, this is pretty damn interesting. And they're like, I was like, can you find any flaws? And they're like, no, they're like, I just can't find flaws. Like, what about the code? And I was like, the code looks good. But, and then I was like, what about the real estate side? They're like, yeah, that, that checks out too. And you know, my, my, my original thought process was I, I want to onboard everybody personally, just to really just kind of get to know everyone answer their questions one-on-one. I, I think there's some from like an entrepreneurial standpoint, I think a lot of founders in this space are, are developers, but there's no personal touch, right? Like there's no human connection. Like when they talk about their project, they're very excited about technicals, but there's no, here's what we're solving. And, you know, there, there's, there's, there's some human element kind of lacking a little bit, I think in the space, you know, from, from there too. And um, when we were first doing the VIP rounds, people were like, oh, you're going to get scammed. They're going to, they're trying to convince you to do something. I was like, no, that's not it at all. I was just trying to, I was trying to figure out where my flaws are at and do it in a way that we could fix them privately before I, we start talking about Theo publicly, you know, from, from there too. Um, and that was how we were kind of onboarding people. It, it builds a really kind of deep connection and people don't forget that. It's like, Hey, you, you took the time to welcome me into the community, which I think was, you know, something that we, we kind of had an advantage of. So um, yeah, that, that was kind of the main, the main kind of principle of that. And, you know, I, I want to build Theo on the principle of if there's anything that we ever do wrong, like, call our bullshit publicly, right? Post it, tag me and be like, dude, you're, 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 you're failing right here. This is how you could do better. And I'm like, hell yeah, like let's, let's fix it. And that, that's kind of like, like the, the principle that we built within Theo. And um, I, I think that creates a more anti-fragile product in the long run, which is the only thing I care about, you know? hundred percent. You're just trying to get to the truth. Like if I'm wrong, I'm, I'm totally agnostic about how we get there. Let's just get to the right destination. Exactly. Uh, exactly. No, but I, th- I think you're right though, too, on the, there's a disconnect between the people who are more like analytical minded and like behind the computer. And then the people who are more con- consumer facing in a sense. But again, I think it's, it, it strikes me as profound the path you chose 
because a higher leverage tactic would have been to make really good YouTube content. If you're focusing on like scale, would mm-hmm. be, you know, boost for the algorithm, uh, post on TikTok, post on YouTube, but you went like 40 people at a time in your most valuable asset of your time when you could just shoot one, you know, perfect piece of content that can get blasted out 10 million times, ideally, but you're playing in a red ocean again, which is like people's attention on those platforms is completely deprived. And so you're going to like, let me just talk to you, you for 10, you know, for an hour, like you 10 and just anything you want to say or ask me, like, you know, we can spitball and go from there. It's, it's powerful. I think it's, these are tactics. I'm almost like calling it out for people can so use it more like, this is the hard work. And I see it in city coins too, where like, I keep asking these people like Mike Sarasti or the, the mayor of Dearborn, like what's the one like silver bullet. If someone's trying to like launch a city to get their city to have a city coin, like how do I approach you? And they're always like, get your neighbors to come to me too. Like get 20 of your neighbors first. If I, and one, one guy was like, if I get 10 emails in the same topic, that's probably number one now. But if I get one perfect email, I'm not going to, it's not going to be the same. And it's, it's it's that it's it's doing the like grassroots hard work is forever and always going to be like the work and it is the that's the white space right now in this market it seems like absolutely yeah there, there I think there's a lot of noise in the market versus performance and what I, what I was telling the core team um, I was like all we care about is performance where you know judge us judge us judge Reed or judge Theo on the performance of the real estate itself not on anything else right and that that's that's my entire kind of core principle is. Can we build something that that is performance minded first? Because the noise stuff is easy. I could go in. I'll, I'll, don't don't get me wrong. I'm going to start blasting the hell out of TikTok and YouTube and <laughs> stuff like that. But I, I, I first want to make sure that that the that the project is sustainable long term. That that the real estate is sustainable. That it's not just this quick pump and dump steam. Um, I'm locking up my own personal tokens for way longer than the real estate will be introduced. Just because that way it's like if if anything does go wrong with the real estate or doesn't perform. I'm I'm still the last man on the ship and I I just eat the L publicly and I'm I'm out, right? Like that's like it's like I eat the L and, and I, I don't get to liquidate and we're done, right? Like that it's kind of like a wash ship at that point. But it's like if it does produce and the real estate is there and we release a project and we're like, hey, we don't have to increase rents and now it's outperforming, then I think I'm like, okay, now I have the right to be bullish and loud. And and then it's like now we can go in and start kind of doing the entire now let's market who do we partner with who's going to advise you know and and do all that you know so um but i agree with you i, I think it needs to be performance first bring in a good product keep it simple and then talk about it and get noisy and loud you know from from there and i i think the space focuses too much on the short-term noise versus long-term optimization you know from there too totally okay we haven't touched on like the intricacies of Theo yet. And we'll get that. I got one more question though. And it was, I remember your kind of like coming out party of Anon to not. Yeah. <laughs> was kind of, was kind of a big deal. I was like, Oh shit. Like who, who I see your profile picture. I'm like, who's this buff guy running, running Theo Petra. And <laughs> well, well, how, how was the thinking going, going into that? Cause I think one of the things you did early too, which was interesting is you, there's a trust factor with pseudonymous accounts that the, culture at large is still wrestling with and crypto people are much more in tune with it. And you just realize like, you know, these people are just people and they got daily lives and they're trying to crush it like you are. And, but giving them a chance with certain things, there's still like people have a certain uh, like cautious, cautious, like mentality to it. Rightfully so probably, 
but it seemed like you engaged that pretty early on and just saw them as like core contributors that can bring a ton of value. Um, so I'm curious about your thoughts on pseudonymity, but also just like what what when you're thinking of like removing yourself from being an anon to coming and like being a, a public figure, and what's the value of that for what you guys are building? Yeah, I mean, you know, my my def- it, first and foremost, it's like when you look at the the barrier of entry to this industry, it's like everybody was telling me, hey, we want to make sure that this is not like anybody that I ever talked to as they're getting, you know, when they ask questions about Theo, they're like, is this a rug? And I was like is that the lowest barrier of entry? Like you, like you're just worried about if it's a rug, like, why don't you look at like all the other million things that could go wrong? So it, it seems like, <laughs> like it, it's like, people are so focused in like, am I going to get rugged? That I was like, that there, there's so many other things you should be worried about than, <laughs> than that. Um, but yeah, I, my, my definition on um, entrepreneurship in general, it's like, if I, I don't think you can be classified as a, it might be controversial as, as a true, true entrepreneur, if you're still anonymous, just because my, my definition of entrepreneurship is if you fail, you need to take that L on your, you need to die on your shield in a way, right? Like if you fail, you can't just, Oh, I'm going to just make a new Twitter account. Like to, to me, like it's very, very, very hard to trust that. Um, I, I think Satoshi pulled it off beautifully and he did it elegantly because he had to, you know, but I, I think Satoshi's the exclusion, not what everybody should strive for. Um, so in my opinion, I, I think the, the next wave that's going to be coming to crypto are going to be more docs individuals, but they're going to be much more traditional entrepreneurs that are pairing up with devs and building in real solutions. You know, and um, I, I think you have to be doxed and you have to be a real person and you have to go, you know, uh, you have to follow the legal implica- you know, implications and do all the normal things you normally should do. I know that's a little controversial, especially when you look at ETH, it's like there's still a million, you know, non founders, but it, it, it's hard to build that trust long-term. It's hard to get long-term adoption from the big players in the space too, right? You, you, you need that long-term. Um, so, so I want to be realistic. Like if, if we're going to build a real estate project long-term, we need to think about how do we build and bring institutions in long-term banks, the people who are also going to be looking for that as well. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. That's a, uh... That makes sense the way you said it. Like, if I, if you were to ask me f- even three minutes ago before you said that, like, what an entrepreneur is, it's like someone who creates a business or like creates something like a product. Mm-hmm. But I actually like the way you flip it, where it's kind of like an entrepreneur is almost like someone who who takes risks. But to properly take risk, you have to have skin in the game on all facets. And yeah. being pseudonymous removes one of those critical pieces that needs to be there to be a proper ent- entrepreneur. I like that a lot. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't like, I don't like the analogy of gambling, but it's like, if I gave you a hundred thousand dollars and I put you, told you to put that on a blackjack table, you're not going to care, right? Like you're not, you, you have nothing to lose. So, so same thing with Anon. It's like, if you have nothing to lose, it's like, how do I know you're making the right decisions, right? Like you should take that L very publicly and shamefully, which is what entrepreneurship is about, right? You, you fall on your face, right? So um, I'm personally not a huge fan of, of Anon founders at least. Got it. Okay, cool. Uh, we got a pretty pretty good backdrop of, of who Mel is. So now I'm, I'm curious for, for people, I hopefully after hearing all this, like he he's down to red team, blue team, his ideas, he's seeking the truth, uh, s- hit some success in real estate. And now you're building Thea Petra and people should be interested in this. Uh, what are you guys building? Yeah. So we're, we're building one of the more fascinating things of, you know, the, the problem I'm kind of fascinated with is how do we actually sustainably solve the housing crisis in a way that's 
sustainable, doesn't take taxpayers' dollars, and people on chain can also participate and also benefit from it as well. So in a very short nutshell, that that's kind of essentially what we're building is, can you build a real estate network or system that doesn't have the same rent-seeking damaging effects that standard landlords do or the traditional industry does? Okay. And how are you guys, how, how are you guys, let's get in the weeds a little bit. How are you guys trying to achieve that? Yeah. So, so the first thing that we're launching is going to be an asset called REIT on the Stacks blockchain. Um, that's going to be what I believe to be the first affordable housing proposal, you know, kind of case study to be done, I, I think, in the nation quite so far. And essentially what we're doing is we're replacing the landlord, ripping out the landlord from the situation and replacing it with a nonprofit entity that's a crypto miner using POX, right? So there's obviously a lot of in the weeds details there that, that need to be extrapolated. Um, but, but very simply put, it's we're, we're developing real estate network on stacks that isn't dependent on raising rents and can still outperform the traditional industry. Perfect. And people can look at city coins as like a rough model for this. Um, I think I'll keep this conversation a little more like higher level for now. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, if, if people haven't seen City Coins, they have, there's some pretty good documentation on the City Coins website, and there's some good diagrams where you can directionally see how this might work. And it sounds like the the thing that you're going to swap out is the so someone spends stacks to mine, and a certain percentage goes to stackers. That number is what for you guys? Yeah. So so for our distribution, um, you know, City Coins right now is a seventy thirty split. Uh, for, for comparison, ours is 80% to the community, 15% towards our nonprofit, and 5% towards building partnerships and expanding out the, the situation. So um, a overwhelming majority will go back towards the, the community and you know the, the people helping kind of build this ecosystem. So typically, the way we look at city coins is people mine and a, a percentage goes to the city's wallet and just kind of sits there and they can spend it as they wish. Uh, for you guys, the way that's going to sit is it's going to go a good chunk of it's going to go until you have enough accumulated that you can then go buy properties outright. And then with that money, that becomes a cash flowing uh, entity. And so you take that uh, cash flow from the tenants paying rent and that's being because the property is already paid off. So the only things you have is basic expenses, property tax, I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah. So, so essentially, what we've created is a think about it as like an engine, kind of spinning on itself, and it, it starts kind of speeding up over time, right? So, right now in the in the standard POX model, there's the miner who wants to mine whatever asset they're doing. You know, let's just say City Coins in this example, or wh- whatever it is using POX. And there's a miner, and there's a receiver on the other end, right? So the miner sends over stacks. There's a receiver on the other end. Um, and in city coins, you know, or and I think a lot of other POX projects love the same thing is, you know, over time that that city wall kind of builds up. The main difference with ours is, is we're simply, you know, same thing. The miner goes in, they mine the asset, and we are just simply just trading that stacks for a commercial building, multifamily apartment building. And now we have a third party involved, right? So now there's miners, there's receivers, and there's a third party, which is the multifamily building. The only difference that we're doing is we're just taking whatever cash flows that building is producing, it's going to, you know, tenants live their normal lives. They're going to pay rents in US dollars. We're just simply converting that US dollars back to stacks and plugging it right back into the system, right? So now there's this loop that goes in and just starts spinning, right? So now now we have 
one property, for example, acting as a miner, right? It's just going in and it's remining the ecosystem. And now mathematically, the second property is going to happen faster than the first one. The third one happens faster than the first two. And they just, they just start kind of popping up, right? And they're all just spinning the, the, you know, the, the feedback loop. So we've designed it in a way that it's supposed to scale faster the longer it's alive, where it just, it just starts speeding up. And then the more properties you introduce, the faster it goes, the faster it goes. So the, the easiest way to digest it is you could just think of REIT as like an engine and the miners are like the gas pedal, like the accelerant. That, that's all it is. So it's like there's an engine here that spits out affordable housing, and then the miners are the accelerant essentially as well. I like that example. I'm going to have to clip this out, not only for people to listen to, but for myself and listen to over because that, that that was a great example. Uh, and and just to bracket one for, for emphasis, the, the person mining and holding the REIT token, mm-hmm. the main benefit they get when they're holding their token, because we're, we're seeing this in city coins, where like, because you don't have that third entity that's giving you consistent flow back in the system, you're seeing depreciation over time and on city coins, everyone's looking for, they want utility, which they believe that utility is going to be the thing that's going to drive price demand and make their token appreciate. And, you know, they're focusing on themselves and everyone has that kind of element. Like, you know, what, what's good for me? What, what you guys do is that by mining that token or just holding it, the, the big benefit to holding it is you get the appreciation by stacking it from that cash flow on the other end that keeps pumping, pumping gas into the system. Exactly, and and that that gas is also removing REITs off, off the off the open market as well. And that gas that's pumping back in is also competing against other miners, right? So now other miners are kind of you know panicking a little bit. They're, they're trying to also compete with the building that's producing flows as well, which makes the entire system more competitive, anti fragile, and it just kind of gets stronger the, the more you kind of start placing into it. So absolutely, that's 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 completely correct. Perfect. Okay, I want to one last question. It's, it's it's kind of a switch of topic, but you posted something recently on Twitter talking about how um, landlords that I think there was like landlords don't have a, a business model for rent control yeah. are going to be hosed in a sense. And it's, I, I thought that it goes back to your thinking, like first principles thinking, like most people will get mad at the government, you see, or they're trying to change the system or vote for their, their vote for their, uh, you know, politicians going to give them favorable treatment. And those those tactics work, but there's a especially with with you know inequality and whatnot. Like the the force of the billionaire tax and the force of rent controls and government interventionism probably going to increase. So it's probably a better model long term for you and your tenants to just front run that and prepare yourself and make sure that you're resilient. So I just want to put a pin in that and and. Uh, Say thank you for making me smarter because when these things make me think like, oh, it's, it's, that's a good way of thinking about it. But maybe just sound off a little bit on, on how you think about that situation and like having that resiliency. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you look at what's what's going on in the market right now, it's rents are going up five to 10% a year. Just they're just they're just skyrocketing, right? And there's only one solution. I mean, there, there's two. The government can either print the money or they can use that rent control, like you said as well. I believe that rent control will be scaled across the nation within the next five to 20 years. I don't know the exact timeline, but it's just a natural evolution of, you look at any country, rent control has always been implemented, right? It's, it's always something that gets scaled up over time. And very simple math. I mean, if you look at BlackRock or any other real estate asset manager, their entire business model is predicated on raising rents five to 10%, not 
in a rent control environment where you're capped off and you're, you're either doing 0% or 1% a year, right? Like a very slow. And this is the exact reason of, and by the way, rent control already exists. Like if you look at LA, it's, it's rampant. Um, all, that's why the, the Midwest and Texas is so hot right now. All of them left LA and they went to Texas for a reason, right? They, 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 all, they all went over there. So I, I do think that the firms that cannot, that they can't survive in a rent control environment today, they sure as hell won't survive tomorrow. So we're going to actually implement rent control in ourselves on purpose from day one, where we're not going to increase rents to more than 1% a year. We're going to just go straight into a rent control environment from day one. And the irony is, is the biggest irony is if we put ourselves in a rent control environment from day one, and we're still outperforming them while they're still increasing rents at 10%, it's like that, that kind of makes a statement of what are we going to do later when, you know, when, when there is rent control kind of nationwide, right? So, so we're going to just put ourselves right into that environment where we're like, hey, 20 years from now, this is where we're going to be anyway. Let's just figure out how we survive now. And I, I do think you're going to start seeing some collapses later. And hopefully that's where, you know, 10 to 20 years from now, that's we're in a position to buy them out. Right. So that, that's the that's the long-term goal is you know, they're they're gonna need a way out and we we want to be in that position to, hey, we'll we'll take that from you. Don't don't you worry about that, you know. So I initially I wanted to call REIT RECT, which is wrecked. Um <laughs> just because it was memeable and I was like, man, that, that would be such a good community token. But I was like, hey, this is too new. I, I don't wanna scare people. It's always scary as it is. I don't want to call a token wrecked off the get-go. <laughs> so so it's REIT. It's R-E-A-T, but I wanted to do wrecked really bad. So <laughs> not not everyone can go the Elon route and go like the sexy for your cars and just yeah. and, and just and just take that. You gotta have you gotta have a certain kind of bravado. And I could see like homeownership too, like people are sensitive about that. So they, they don't want to play yeah. games with their homeownership. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I'll do read. I was like, we, we can eat them later. Um, so I was like, REAT, we'll, we'll do that. that. That'll be fun later. But um, that, that, that's our thesis is, is rent control will be later. And, and if you can't, if you can't thrive, you, you will die. Um, I, that, that, that's my entire thesis. Um, and it, it'll be interesting kind of seeing where it goes and develops, but we'll be here waiting for it, you know? So, so that, that's, that's where we're going. Perfect. Yeah. I mean, I think the thing I've learned through this conversation is like, you guys are down to iterate. Like there's, you're only searching for the best possible model and that might change. And so you guys are building your processes and you're, you're building your team's thinking around being able to take the new data and not be rigid with that data and being able to internalize it in a proper way to get to the best outcome for all parties involved. Absolutely. Yeah. We're, we, we just want to get to the end goal. Um, we don't, we don't, you know, the, that in between is, is totally fine with us, you know? So we, we, at least me personally, I have a 10 to 20 year, maybe my flaws, I think too, too long-term and it hurts the short-term, but, um, I I'm thinking more, way more long-term. And, and I think the only way to succeed is to do that for sure. You know? So absolutely. Perfect, man. This has been a super fun episode. I learned a ton. Any, any closing thoughts? No, that that's that's pretty much it, you know. And um, we we will be launching Theo and and REIT, um, you know, June and July. And please do not invest in anything that you don't know what's going on. You know, uh, ask questions. We'll we'll have a Discord. If you don't know what's going on, um, please ask first instead of just aping in. You know, please don't do that. <laughs> but uh, I, you know, I'll have open AMAs, Mel.anic on Twitter, Discord, um, you know, everything like that as well. So. Cool. And, and be- best place to, to learn about Theo is through your Twitter or is there a, another spot too? Yeah. So, so Thea Petro Labs is, is there. And also Mel, M-E-L underscore Anik, A-N-I-C is probably the easiest way to kind of get a hold of the, the entire thing of what we're building as well. So absolutely.
Perfect. Well, that's that's all I have, Mel. I appreciate you taking the time. I love what you guys are building. Uh, wish you guys the best. Thanks for coming to the show, my man. Appreciate it, man. Thank you for having me. Happy to do it again. Welcome to Built on Bitcoin. I know that things don't always go your way, but I'll be right here waiting. I've been waiting now. I've been trying to figure out a way to make it out. Make it out because I don't think about everything going wrong in my house.